0: Father God, please speak through my weak and foolish words. Help us to hear your voice speaking to us. Bring us your reassurance and your hope and the knowledge of your love. Amen. Well, looking at uh, Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40, I'm really just going to look at the first part of this passage. I think there is a reason why the two stories Uh, come one after the other. I may mention that today, I may not, and that will be for another time. But if we loved God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and if we loved our neighbours as ourselves, we would so delight in God that God would be everything to us, more important than anything else on this earth. Our reputation, our comfort, our possessions, our passions, even the person we love most dearly here on earth. If we love God with all our heart, soul and mind, our greatest desire would be to be in his presence. And separation from God would plunge us into the deepest despair. We could not live without God. If we loved God, then his wisdom, his ways, would be an utter joy to us. We'd delight in doing, for instance, the 10 Commandments. Uh, And if you think about the 10 Commandments, the first four of them are about focused Godwards, loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And the second six are other-orientated loving our neighbor as ourselves. Komiakov, a, a Russian theologian, said that the will of God is a curse for the demons, law for the servants of God, and a joy for the children of God. If we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, if we loved our neighbors as ourselves, then the law of God would be our joy. When we pray in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's actually a prayer asking that we do God's will as the angels in heaven do God's will, with incredible joy and delight. It's a prayer asking that God would fill us with his love. And if we love God with all our heart and mind and soul, we'd love what he loves delight in what he delights long for what he longs for and hate what he hates and we would look at this creation at his creation and we'd see it with god's eyes created in love we would love it as he loves it we would love it for him we would love it with him we can't separate these two commands the one who loves God will love the creation that he has created and the people who he has formed. Uh, there's some question about the command to love our neighbor as ourselves. What does that mean? Some people say that you have to learn to love yourself before you can love your neighbor. So is this a third command? Love God, love our neighbor, and love ourselves. I'm not convinced. To love oneself is a little bit narcissistic. There's the myth of Narcissus. He looked into the pond, saw his own reflection, and fell in love with his own reflection, and he ended up pining away and becoming a white and golden, yellow and orange flower. It's a little bit, meaningless self-referential to love myself love by definition requires a subject and a different object in fact if anything we're told by jesus that if we wish to be his followers we need to learn to hate even our own lives and when jesus says love your neighbor as yourself he's quoting from the old testament There, when God tells his people to love their neighbor as themselves, he's telling them to love their neighbor as if their neighbor was one of them. That becomes clearer in Leviticus 19.34. The alien who resides with you, says God, shall be to you as the citizen among you. You shall love the alien as yourself. They're to do for the alien, for the neighbor, what they would do for their compatriot, their beloved, even their child. We do for them what we would hope that others would do for us. But if we loved our neighbor as ourselves, we would look out for their interests and not just our own we'd consider them as better than ourselves this is straight philippians chapter two we would think them of worthy of more dignity and honor we'd be looking to lift them up rather than expecting them to lift or honor us Uh, and we would be delighted when they had success even when we had failure if we loved them we would see them as they are. There's been a great deal these days about uh, seeing people as unique individuals, not stereotyping, not prejudging, that's where we get our word prejudice from, not limiting someone because they are black or Asian or white because they're female or male older or younger. As human beings, we need bigger categories to make sense of things, and there can be some truth in generalizations. But love goes beyond the generalizations, and love sees each person as a unique individual. And if we love our neighbor, we will want to help them when they're in trouble. In Luke, when Jesus tells people to love their neighbors themselves, he then goes on to give the example of the Good Samaritan, a man who goes out of his way at great cost to rescue a person from a hated other race who was beaten up on the street. And we will also go out of the way in order that they may have the best for them. Not just the best in the short term. Sometimes what we think is the best now isn't always the best for us. But the best for life and the best even more for eternity. We'll go out of our way to serve them. Uh, And so Paul describes himself as a slave of the Corinthian people for the sake of Jesus Christ. And if we truly love our neighbor as ourselves, we'll see ourselves as part of them. That their destiny and our destiny, their identity and our identity, their honor and our honor are tied up with each other. We'll long for communion with them, a spiritual communion. We will really weep with them when they weep and rejoice with them when they rejoice. And if we were truly to love, to love God with all our heart and soul and mind, and to love our neighbour as ourselves, then when people turn away from God, we really would weep. We would speak to them of this God of love, who loves them and who longs for communion with them, whatever the cost. We would pray for them. We would encourage them and warn them, Uh, we would challenge them, we would do whatever it takes and we would give ourselves to be crucified for them if that would enable them to reach out and find God and become who they were meant to be. That is, if we were to love God with all our heart, soul and mind and to love our neighbour as ourselves, there's only been one person who has really done that that person was jesus christ he came from god he lived as one of us and he loved god his father with all his heart soul and he loved his neighbor as him as himself and his neighbor who he loved is you it's us we are that neighbor I said earlier that I do not think that we are commanded to love ourselves. In fact, I think it is actually quite unhealthy. But what we are told is far, far more precious. There is one who deeply loves us. Do not try to love yourself, but do know that you are profoundly beloved. You know, there was that great advert uh, from L'Oreal. It was really, really good. It sort of got in, you know, because you're worth it. Why am I worth it? Because L'Oreal tells me so. Why am I worth it? Because I love myself. I'm sorry, that is so meaningless, meaningless. Why are you worth it? Why are you beloved? Why are you special? Because you are beloved by another. That's what gives us our true dignity and our true value. God created us in love and even though we rebelled against him, he still loves us. And Jesus, in his love for his father and for us, came to die for us so that we who were enemies of God might become God's friends. And Jesus says to people who want to love God but find that we cannot love God, he says, come to me, come to me, and I will give you my spirit, and the spirit will open your eyes so that you will begin to understand just how much my Father loves you and just how much I love you. Come to me because I have loved God, and together with me, we can love God. Maybe at first we begin to serve God out of fear. Maybe we begin to serve him out of a sense of obedience. But as we allow the spirit to work in us, we'll begin to discover that we have indeed begun to serve God out of love. And for those who have begun to hear, not with our external ear, but with our inner spiritual ear, about this astonishing love of God for us and who've begun to glimpse the beauty and the holiness of God and the amazing forgiveness and grace of God. By the way, sometimes the best way to go and discover about the love of God is to go out and do some really big sin and to feel dreadful about it afterwards and then to realise that you are forgiven. It's when we begin to glimpse that forgiveness, that grace, then a tidy seed, a spark of love for God has been ignited. It only needs to be a spark, a touching, a warming of our heart. And as we come to Jesus and as we stay with Jesus and as we grow in Jesus, so that spark is kindled and in time becomes a flame. please be patient and gentle with yourselves especially when we realize that our love for God and for others is so weak and feeble it's good to be aware that our love for God is weak do you remember Peter who was so sure of his love for Jesus that he said he was prepared to die for Jesus and yet a few hours later he denied Jesus later when the risen Jesus meets a much more subdued but wiser Peter, he asks Peter if he loves him more than the other disciples. Peter simply says, Lord, you know that I love you. The word that Peter uses, the word that Jesus uses for love, is a strong word for love, agape. The word that Peter uses is a weaker word for love, phileo, love, like. Three times, Jesus asks Peter, do you love agape, strong love me? And three times, Peter says, Lord, you know that I, phileo, love you. But what happens, I guess, is that after that encounter, If Jesus had asked Peter a different question, Peter, do you know that I love you, even though you have betrayed me? Then Peter would be able to say, yes, Lord, I know that you deeply, deeply love agape me. It's out of the conviction of the love of God for us that our love for God begins to flow. As Peter himself writes many years later to Christians throughout the Roman Empire, although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Oh, and the word that Peter uses for love here is the strong word agape please I repeat do not beat yourself up about your lack of love real love for God is rooted in our relationship with him and like a good wine it takes time to grow and our love for God is shown in our decision to turn to him it's shown in the little things that we begin to do and we don't do the time we take out to pray, the growing love for his word, for the sacrament, for meeting together, a growing kindness. It's shown in the way that there are small and gradual changes. We find that we do not use the name of Jesus as a swear word. We hate untruths more and more. We become more aware of our own sinfulness and of God's forgiveness and we become less quick to judge others. We become less irritable. I would like that process to proceed a little bit quicker with me. And maybe we become more patient with others and ourselves. Love for God is not so much about where you are now, it's about the direction in which you are facing and going So be led by the truth that God loves us. Don't think that you have to prove yourself to him. Don't try to save everyone or meet every need that comes your way. We are mortals. We have limited time and limited physical and emotional resources. Remember, as one of my colleagues was told, a very enthusiastic young minister who was sort of burning himself out, and he was told by somebody, remember there is only one Messiah, one Savior, and you are not him. And there are times when we have to say no to need and simply trust God to do the saving. But at the same time, we do what we can And if you feel that you are not doing an action out of love, for instance, forgiving someone or giving or helping someone in need, then again, don't get worried about it. It's okay to do it as an act of obedience at first. As they say, fake it to make it. And as we act from obedience, over time we will realize that we are beginning to act out of love. And we're told that if we ask God for his Holy Spirit, he will begin us, begin to fill us. Not only with the knowledge of his love for us, but he will begin to fill us with his very own love. Father God, would you give us your Holy Spirit? And would you fill us with that awareness of your love for us? And would you fill us with your Spirit so that we might begin to love you with our heart, our soul and mind and that we might begin to live, love our neighbor as ourselves? Amen.